Well, last week I took a little vacation, and uh, which you guys normally, normally don't know because I leave on Sunday after church, and then we, I'm usually back by next Sunday, and that usually just works really good for us. But I really um, wanted to take a trip because I needed a vacation, but I had been listening on praying in the Holy Ghost, and sometimes in life when things don't change, um, I just get more serious about, about praying in the Spirit because I've been doing everything, quoting the Word, this, this, and that, reading the Bible, and sometimes life gets a little stagnant. So I started praying in the Holy Ghost, and I wanted to pray a long period of time. Like Brother Hagin said, when he would pray, uh, he, for five hours, he said he would switch over to the Spirit the first time that he did it. The devil kept saying, you know, this isn't, I don't know why you're praying in the Holy Ghost or in tongues, this doesn't work. And he said, no, Jude 120, leave the Bible open on his bed. And he said, no, Jude 120 says, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So he said, no, devil, I'm building myself up. I'm building. So he said, and, he, and the devil kept telling him, you need to be preparing for your sermon. And Brother Hagin said, if Satan's telling me to prepare for my sermon, I know praying in the Spirit is doing something good, right? Why would Satan, uh, you know, be trying to get you to study the Bible? Because something else is way more important that he understands. So I really took this trip, started praying, and I really saw, um, got to Tennessee, went to, uh, up there to see my cousin. Actually, the whole trip wasn't almost going to happen, but I started getting on my faith. I've been listening to Faith by Fred Price, um, Brother Copeland, growing my faith, and I said, you know what? I'm going to go to Tennessee in Jesus' name. Uh, I I built an AR-15 for my cousin and lost most of the parts for it, the internals, bolt carrier, charge handle, just some small stuff, but it's about 450 bucks. And I couldn't find it in my tiny home. And I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? This is crazy. I've torn the whole house apart, found every gun part I have, and I'm like, where is these parts? And I, I know I bought them recently because I took them home. And it's like everything was trying to stop this trip, which was amazing because I really got to see the demonstrations of God and who he is when I started praying and I had to use my faith to go on this trip. And I, I wanted to press into the things of the Spirit. Because sometimes things in the natural, they're not working out. It's time to switch over into the Spirit. Actually, nothing in God happens in the carnal, natural nature of man. You're not going to get spiritual results in the natural. You're going to have to pray in the Spirit. So I started praying. I think I prayed the whole way there as much as I could until my mouth got dry and I lost my voice. <laughs> and I prayed back to Atlanta. I went to uh, it's a city of trying to tell um, a brother over here, it's Kyle, that I, I went to some city in Georgia uh, above Atlanta, and then I prayed and um, then to Louisiana and came home. But I'll tell you later how all that happened. But I want to get into the demonstration of God. God is the demonstrator. And so um, usually what, go to 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. But I want to say is that you got born again in life because God demonstrated himself to you somehow to where you said, there is a God and I need to get saved, right? Something had happened. I mean, Dad was telling you a story about Pastor Mark, um, how I did not want to preach, did not want to be in ministry, did not want to be up here doing this. Uh, life was not going the way that I wanted it to. Actually, financially, you just basically go broke until you follow God. Uh, after I told God years ago I'll do whatever he wants me to do, and then I decided, you know what, I don't want to do that anymore. But <clears throat> Mark Hankins shows up, and then what happened is God demonstrated himself to me in a way that was so powerful when he said, tell the pastor's son to get up here. And I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. I'm going to get prophesied to again. But what he did and <laughs> when he was standing, I don't know, he was standing right here, or standing on the, I think he was standing right here, and he told me, what I told the Lord, actually me and my little brother were on the phone, and when I was complaining to Jordan about my life, and whatever I had told my brother, Mark told me, this is what you said to God, and he says, and this is what God says to you. What is that? That's a demonstration of himself through a man. And, it, you, and what it did was it got my attention, and we're going to read that here why you want the demonstrations, why you want to believe for the demonstrations. So my tonight's sermon is called, I Am the Demonstrator, and we'll get to um, who that is, whether it's God or whether it's you. 
But we want to read this. Uh, Paul's preaching this. Paul had failed in Athens because he was reasoning with the Athenians because Paul was educated. He was a religious leader. He's educated in the word. He grew up, I mean, to the point where he was killing Christians because he was the, the top of his, of his the sect. And then he's trying to reason with Athens about who Jesus is. And it didn't work. Completely failed. So he comes to Corinth with a whole new perspective. I'm not coming anymore with persuasive words. I'm going to come with some power and some demonstrations. So he says, I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech, of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, which is amazing for Paul to say that because he knows a lot. He's a Pharisee. I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstrations of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Two things that ha- one thing that really happens when you have uh, demonstrations is you're going to have demonstrations always come with power. God demonstrated himself to you at some point. He did to me. God demonstrated himself to Moses when he was on Mount Sinai. God demonstrated himself to David when he fought Goliath. God demonstrated himself to the children of Israel at the walls of Jericho when they shouted and the walls came down. They didn't make that happen. God demonstrated himself to Mary. Angel showed up to Mary telling her she was going to have a son. Uh, demonstrated himself to Peter on the boat when, they, when he said, cast your net to the other side. And there was a miracle that happened with all the fish. And Peter listened to Jesus and put one net down. So he kind of halfway listened to Jesus. Um, uh, G, uh, Jesus demonstrated himself to Paul on the road to Damascus. Jesus demonstrated, uh, God gave Peter an open vision of the blanket and the animals before he went and met Cornelius. John had open visions in the book of Revelation of demonstrations, God showing him something. Angels showed up all over the Old Testament and the New Testament, and that's a demonstration. God sending Jesus to us, demonstrating his love towards us that yet while we were sinners, God loved us enough that Christ died so we could become born again. So he's demonstrating his love towards us. Then you have a demonstration of Jesus floating away, and it says, do not leave Jerusalem until you become endued with power. So that's a demonstration. He's, you know, a guy starts levitating in the air, and as he's leaving, he's saying, hey, by the way, don't leave Jerusalem until you get filled with the Holy Ghost and with power. Um, and, you know, only 120 showed up, so even that, that demonstration you know, uh, it, it, got, it got 25% of them. God, demon, God demonstrated, uh, yeah, himself to them, and then God's going to demonstrate himself tonight. Why do you say that? Because I believe that he is. You have to talk about it. You have to preach about it. You have to believe it in order for it to happen. Why? Because uh, Keith Moore was saying, when the Lord said, I want to increase the anointing, but he says, you're going to have to talk about the anointing. Why? Because the Bible says you have what you say. Mark 11, 23, 24. If you believe, if you say this mountain, be cast and moved into the sea, not down in your heart, but believe those things what you say, you'll have whatsoever you sayeth. And uh, Jesus told Brother Hagin, you ought to do three times as much saying because it says say three times and it says believe once. He said because people don't have a problem in the believing part of God, they have a problem with the saying part. Why? They believe God can do anything. I mean, God, you know, and, and Dad talks about that. But people, that's just their belief system that God can do it. But the problem is you start saying something long enough, you begin to believe it. Ah, I feel sick today. I feel terrible. Ah, oh, today's going to be a terrible day. i got to go see this person. You know, you start speaking it long enough to the point where you believe it. Jordan Peterson, I was watching something this morning. He was saying you shouldn't lie, and he's a Canadian scientist, um, very conservative. But he says you shouldn't lie because he says it. What happens is it changes the cortex of your brain to where you lie so long enough that you believe your lie. Then you become a pathological liar, and you don't know what you believe anymore, and he says, you, and deception's built into you. And he went into all these things on why he says, uh, he goes into all the scientific reasons that actually changes your cortex in your brain. And I'm thinking, I don't know if Jordan Peterson, is Jordan Peterson a Christian? Oh, okay, yeah, he is. Um, so if... Lying can change to where you believe your lies, then the word of God coming out of your mouth, like Reinhard Bunke says, God told him the word of God is just as powerful as my mouth uh, as it is in your mouth. And so that's why 
I believe you have to talk about the demonstrations. The reason people believe salvation is because we talk about it so much. Hey, if you come up after service and you give your heart to Jesus, you'll be saved. When? Right when you say it. God's not waiting. Uh, you know, he's not taking a break. You believe it so much that if somebody said, oh, salvation's not for today, you'd say, no way. We, they've been preaching that for so long that people believe it. Why do people believe in certain doctrines? Uh, why do the people believe that having money is wrong? People have preached against it. So what, how are we going to see the demonstrations of God? We're going to have to talk about it. We're going to have to talk about God loves to demonstrate himself. When, um, when you, you know, I used to not really see a lot of God showing up in my life, so therefore I didn't believe that, you know, I saw it in the book of Acts. I saw it 2,000 years ago, but I'm not seeing it today. But it's for today because if it's happening in the book of Acts, everywhere. Why is it not happening now? Well, I believe that they believed it. They talked about it. They saw it. It was a part of their daily um, thing. You know, like I tell you the story when um, Peter gets out of jail and he shows up to the house after they were praying for Peter. They, they killed John. Was it? No, James. James, the brother of John. They killed him. Peter shows up and he bangs on the door. And the, the woman comes and says, it's Peter. And they say, no, it's not Peter. It must be his angel. What? You ever read that and like highlighted that and said, excuse me? How do you know what his angel looks like? I mean, they must have seen him quite often for it was a normal thing. It was not out of the ordinary. They saw angels through the Old Testament. They saw them through the New Testament. But yay, today people say they saw an angel and people are like, yeah, right. Or, oh, you know, scary. <clears throat> But why should it be? This is why God wrote it. Did he write it because uh, it was just a, it's a fairy tale? Or does he write it because these things might start happening? He's telling you, hey, Amen. expect these things to happen in your life. And I, I, and, I'm, and I say, we have demonstrations in this church. I don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen. You know, uh, if an angel has to show up while I'm preaching, fine. That's fine. Somebody walks in, gives a million dollars. That's a demonstration. I'm going to, you know, that's a big demonstration. Or $100,000. But you have to, you know, that Mark Hankins tells the story that he stood up at his dad's church. No, it was his church. And he said, someone's going to give me a million dollars in this church. And people, you know, were like, yeah, okay. And then, I don't know, maybe a year later, cowboy with a snapback shirt and boots on walked in, put a million dollars in the offering and walked out. And then he got up, told the congregation. They all were, you know, were like, you got to be kidding me. Well, why? He said it. He said it and said it and said it. And he believed it and found it in the word where it was written. So those things happen. So God is a demonstrator. He loves to demonstrate. All through the Bible, he was demonstrating something. I mean, come on. He showed up to the face of Moses. And he says, Moses, I'm going to meet with you on Mount Sinai face to face. Moses walks down the mountain. His face is blowing with light. And the people are so afraid, he throws a covering over himself. God's, he's not afraid to demonstrate himself. And there's a big cloud on the mountain, and it's swirling, and God's giving him the Ten Commandments. All the people down there are watching. God doesn't care. Yeah. He loves showing himself strong. Yeah. When they went to battle and the praisers went out and started praising God, he yeah. said, you praise me, and I'll fight for you. Yeah. The lepers, when they stepped out and they walked towards the, the enemy camp and everyone fleed, right? Yeah. That's a demonstration of who God is. But let's talk about something else. God demonstrated himself. And then like Moses, I don't think he did, he did a, lot, a whole lot of that after Moses in the covenant. Because why? He's going to start using men to demonstrate his power. That was his whole plan. 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16. <clears throat> so I started thinking about it. You get through the Old Testament, and you start coming through, and you start getting into Elijah, and you, different, even Joshua and Caleb. Um, and I'll, I'll get into that. Let's, let's say that. Let's say this. God starts using people. Moses splits the Red Sea. Joshua commands the sun to stand still. Joshua and Caleb led the remaining people into the promised land. The disciples, who fed the 5,000? It says Jesus broke bread and handed it to the disciples, and they went and fed the 5,000. So they, they're doing it. The disciples went out two by two, casting out devils and healing the sick. Peter threw out one net and caught all the fish. Who did it? Did Jesus catch the fish for him? Did Jesus bring in the prosperity and the harvest? No. What did Peter do with all his fish? Probably went and sold them. Probably ate a few. But who got the blessing? Peter. But Peter did it, right? Yes. Peter stepped out of the boat when Jesus, when he, and actually, I don't think Jesus was even offering. Hey, would you like water walking, uh, you know, training today? Peter just looked at it and said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come to you, right? That's right. That's right. 
Peter said, I don't even care if you're offering it. I want it. So Jesus says, come. Peter steps out of the boat. Who did it? Peter did. The demonstration happened through who? A man. Peter. Not even born again yet. Not saved. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Doesn't even tithe. Run and, run and jump. Shout. Hop, you know, whatever. <laughs> so there's, so um, <clears throat> let's see. Peter, his shadow healed people. It says when he would walk by, people would place him to the point where Peter's shadow would hit him and they'd become whole. Peter told the man to rise up, take up his bed, and walk when he, when he walked into the temple. And he said, silver and gold, I don't have any of it. But he says, what I do have in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Amen. Who did that? Peter did. Peter went to Cornelius', Cornelius house, got them saved, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Philip was translated after the, him and the eunuch. They talked about the book of Isaiah, Jesus Christ crucified, uh, baptized him in water. It says spirit caught him away, and he went to the cities of the north and started preaching. These are all men, Old Testament and New Testament. So now you have what? Men demonstrating who? The character of God. Men demonstrating who God is. God is wanting you and I to become a demonstrator of who he is. He, he did demonstrate himself at many times. The angels even did some demonstrations. But what you're going to see more in the Bible is that God wanted to use his children, his men and women, to do the demonstrations. That's why everyone's always looking for a prophet or an evangelist or a pastor to come and wave a magic wand in a service and something to happen. God's saying, no, I'm waiting for you to move so something can happen. When did God move with Moses? Moses is complaining about the water, and God says, what do you have in your hand? He said, a staff. He said, you take the staff. You put it in the sea. You take what you have, and you use it. God says, why are you crying to me about it? You do something about it. I gave you the power. I mean, he met with God face to face on the mountain. I think there was stuff that Moses probably knew more than anybody else, and God's requiring more out of him, but he's over there, you know, you know complaining and crying, and God says, you do it. You do something about it. So we're going to go to, um, I said we were going somewhere. First Kings, First Kings. All right. The goal is going to be for me to find, there it is. First Kings 17. I love this story. I'm going to start with verse 8. Had to give you guys time to get there. And the word of the Lord came to him, which is Elijah, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. Dwell there. I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. Who's going to provide for him? The widow, the widow is. A lot of times your blessing's connected to somebody else. Everybody's waiting. The Lord's going to do it. No, the Lord's waiting for somebody to listen to him so he can do it. He told a widow. He said, Elijah, you go here. And then he went to the widow and said, you're going to feed him. People are like, God, he won't. He'll do it. Yeah, he's doing it, but he's working, what, through human cooperation. God's divine purposes need a man's cooperation, human cooperation. If so, then he'd just do everything himself, and he wouldn't have needed the apostles. He wouldn't have needed, I mean, all the people in this book. It would have been God did this, God did that, God did this, and, they know, and you know it's all about him and ain't no, about nobody else, which it is the glory is for him, yeah. right? Amen. So a lot of times you're, that's why you got to, the Bible says walk in love with people. You don't know who's got your next blessing, who the Lord says, hey, I want to tag and says, I want you to do this for them. That's why if you run around mad at everybody all the time, people might not like you. It's going to take longer, and they got to forgive and walk in love, and then now, okay, hey, the Lord told me to do this eight months ago, but you ticked me <laughs> off, so. <laughs> that's why, that's why um, Brother Hagin says that the, the, the finance, when you know that your finances dry up, check your love walk, how you're walking in love with people. Um, so he rose and went to Zarephath and came to the gate of the city. Indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. She said, As the Lord God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour and a bin, a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, did God say or did Elijah say? God's waiting for you to say something about your situation or about somebody's situation. I'm going to tell you some stories later of when I said things to people and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I lost my mind. It actually happened. So Elijah said, a man, a man who's not even born again yet, God's using him. Do not fear. Go 
and do as you've said, but make me a small cake from it first. Bring it to me, and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. Then he says, thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain. So she went away, so, so she's hearing what? The words of the man of God. That's why you need to be in church. You need to be hearing the word of what the man of God's saying. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then after she heard the word, she acted. Faith has an action. It's looking for a response. Um, she didn't say, well, you know, hey, uh, I, I wish God would do something like that, but it ain't nothing like that happened around here in 20 years. No, she just jumped up and did it. So she went away and did according to the word of God. The word of Elijah, the man of God. Sometimes I think if pastor, you better be better listen a little more careful if pastor ever says something to you. Like, oh, that's just Daryl. <laughs> Daryl told me to go do this and then not have that. Uh, you may want to listen a little bit more. And she had enough respect that she said, if that's what the prophet said, I'm going to go do it. Even if the prophet, you know, if he even believes what he's saying or not. <laughs> I'm just saying you have to be paying attention. People are like, well, I'm waiting for God. Well, God's waiting for the man, and he's waiting for you to cooperate. There's a lot of playing cards here. So she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, and the jar of oil did not run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. God's going to use you to speak to people. You need to start expecting that. Don't look at it as I'm waiting to get to another place in life or I'm waiting. No, God's waiting for you to say something to somebody or somebody say something to you, and then you guys both respond. Put, your, put some action, some faith behind it. Everyone's waiting for God to do something. I, you know, I hate that saying. It's like, he won't do it. You know, it's like he already did it all, sat down, and he's waiting for man to cooperate. Next, um, next one. I'll just say these quick things. Number one, she heard the word of the prophet. Number two, God used a man. Number three, she acted in faith. You can go back and listen to this. Number four, God used what she had in her house. Number five, the oil stopped as... Ah, I'm in the next one. Man, I messed up. Um, that's actually the second Kings. The oil stopped as far as she believed. This is the next one we're going to. And then um, I'm going to j- jump... Back to the first one. Got to be in tune with the voice of God. Elijah was close enough to God to hear him and interpret when he was talking to him. You have, and he obeyed and he acted. So God, Elijah heard God. He said, here's your next move. Do you, can you hear God? Are you, do you get quiet enough before the Lord? Pray. That's why I took this trip. I said, I got to pray. I got to hear you. I got to get out away from everybody. Too much going on sometimes. I'm just going to drive and pray and look at the mountains. Actually, it gets really quiet up there in Tennessee when there's nobody up there but you and you got the deer walking around and my cousin's out doing something and it's just me in the morning. And I, was like, I started hearing boom, boom. I mean, scriptures after scripture just started hitting me about I'm the demonstrator. I've never even, Mary Fran talks about that, but it like hit me one morning in Tennessee. So I said, okay, I'm going to start writing some stuff down. So you got to know enough of his word to know when to interpret what he's saying. you got to know the Bible because if somebody says, hey, uh, you know, <clears throat> to go do something, to go steal, well, you say, well, that's not God. Or go beat this person up because they made you angry. That's not God. Um, so you have to be able to know the word and, and know, you know, the, the, read the New Testament. That, that gives you enough of the character of, of Jesus and who he is. But you have to be able to hear God, to interpret him. Elijah... If he was busy doing whatever he wanted to do, and then he heard, I think I heard God, ah, I'm not going to Zarephath. I hate that city. The city's a dump, you know. <laughs> a widow, and that crazy woman drives me nuts, you know. Um, I'm not going over there. No, he heard God, and he just obeyed, right? So that was the second that he obeyed God's voice, and then he acted. And their blessings were connected to each other. Um, number four, God used what she had. Number five, she heard his words, she obeyed, and faith comes by hearing, and then she acted. Then the word of Elijah came true because he spoke it. So he had to have enough courage just to say it in faith going, I believe it's what God's saying to her, but I'm going to say it. That's why you need to really know him. Did God speak? Yes, but he used the vessel. Uh, The further you get into the Bible and uh, 
and the, you know, the less you're going to see of, of God, you know, meeting like face to face with Moses and certain things like that, because I don't think he said he was going to do that again. But <clears throat> you're going to see more of the demonstrations of man through, through God through a man. Second Kings four. Second Kings four. Just one chapter over. I started. He started showing me this, and I started getting very excited. You know, because here's the thing. I, I've sat in church my whole life, and we come in here, we hear the Word of God, and it's been like this for a very long time, where we're here in the Bible, we, we study, we take notes, we go home next week, you know, pastor hopefully preaches something new that's entertaining that'll kind of tickle my feathers and lighten my fire, and we'll say, yoo-hoo, let's go out to Chili's, go home. I'm, I'm tired of to the point where I know God is a demonstrator, but I want to start seeing some things. I want to start seeing people's lives change. I want to start hearing, seeing miracles and testimonies. I mean, what are we doing if we're just here getting a sermon and we all go home and nothing's ever changing? This is boring. I've sat in church my whole life. Sometimes not saying that dad's church. I'm just saying you get bored after a while. God, do something. I mean, an angel, come through the ceiling. Do something. I mean, come on. They're all in this book. I want to see something. I want to see God changing my life. I want to see God showing up with people. And so that's kind of the point now where it's, I'm saying, you wrote this, and these stories are in here. I want to start seeing them. I'm tired of just coming in here and about how great you were in the book of Acts, how great the apostles were. And I'm like, good Lord, if I hear one more good teaching, I'm just thinking, without seeing something, it's no, there's no power. Demonstrations and power. That means you're going to power uh, my truck has a lot of power. You hear it, you see it, you smell it. It makes a lot of noise. I love it. It's got so you you want to see that because God had to get on to you to get saved and for you to to move you. I mean, there's times I'm talking to someone at the gym, and it's like nothing happens until I start talking about Jesus, and all of a sudden it's like their face locks in. Them. I was actually um, a friend of mine. She's we're on the treadmill. <laughs> we're talking normal conversation, and um, the Bible says, actually, there's a scripture where it says the power is in the name and the name alone of Jesus. Yeah. And the second I started talking about Jesus, it's like the atmosphere changed. Her face locked into me. We start talking about Jesus, angels, this, this, and that. And for like a whole hour we're on the treadmill, she did, she's not leaving. She, I can tell she's enjoying it because if not, she'd be like, hey, I got to go. She's like locked in. So <clears throat> those are the things where it's like um, it, God was showing himself to her, I'm feeling it. It's coming out of me because I'm the one talking about it. But I'm, and, you know, we don't go by our feelings, but we go by faith. But I'm telling you, yeah. their power shows up. You start feeling it. Yeah. I don't know what's happening, but her eye, she's looking at me like, what in the world are you saying? And I'm, I feel this presence, and we're talking about Jesus, Amen. and there's power. Yeah. And I'm sure that she remembered that day. Yeah. She probably walked away and was like, what was that? But that's how God got my attention. Yeah. Mark Hankins showed up, and there was power. There was a demonstration. Yeah. And that's what this generation is going to need to see. They hear about Jesus. They know. People, Romans 1 says they know him. But the thing is, is are they seeing him? Yeah. Are they seeing him in the yeah. believers? So um, Acts, no, 2 Kings 4. Certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet, so she was a, she was a minister's wife. Cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband's dead. You know your servant feared the Lord. The creditor's coming. Take my two sons to be his slave. So she owes a lot of bills. God cares about your bills, because it says it right here. So Elisha, a man, said to her, What shall I do for you? Wow. A man's saying, what, what do you want me to do for her? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing but a jar of oil. God can use whatever's in your house right now That's good. to pay back every debt she owes. Actually, you have it. Yeah. He, he used the bread that she said, I don't have bread, but I have enough to make bread. Mm-hmm. So he said, make me a cake, and then it won't run out until the rain comes. So here happens again. I have nothing but one jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and do not gather just a few. So he's telling her, you need to get as much as you can get. When you have come, shut the door behind you. Yeah, because people who are in town probably think she's nuts. Right. During a drought, she's over there running like she's about to hit the jackpot. She's going to have so much oil, she doesn't know what to do with it. She's like just running everyone's house. Um, shut the door behind you. 
pour it all into those vessels, set aside the full ones. So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons, brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And, she, and he said to her, there's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she said, go tell the man of God. And he said, go sell. Oh, she told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and your sons will live on the rest. One thing I love about the story is Elisha said to her, she had faith for what he said. Yeah. She acted in faith, and the miracle happened when, when, when she acted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She actually did the miracle. Yeah. He told her how to get the miracle, yeah. but she's the one who brought the miracle, yeah. and it was by what she already had. So I told the Lord the other day, I said, okay, I got, a lot of, I got debt, but you know what I have in this house, and I commit it to you, and I say you multiply it, whatever. I mean, wh- how much money do you have? I said, Lord, multiply it. So God's using something that she already has in her possession. She did the miracle, but she, he did the miracle as far as she believed. She got as many pots as she thought. You know, she may have thought, well, if this happens, it ain't, you know, probably won't be much because ain't much ever happens to me. And if it was me, I'd have been borrowing people's trucks, borrowing people, you know, whatever, just getting up, get, just bring a shipping container. I mean, if this oil ain't ever going to run out, let's just pile it in here. Give me, buy a swimming pool and put it in there, you know. <laughs> but that's how much she believed his word. Yeah. But she acted in faith, and thank God that she did. But what you're seeing here is you're seeing two people. One person has faith. One person is piggybacking off the faith of another one. But the miracles still happen between what? The both of them. God's going to bring people in your life. You're going to have to be bold enough when God does tell you to say something to somebody. Or um, when a miracle is present that you're not looking outward for something to happen. You're looking really inward. Because everything that she had was already in her possession. Everything you have is in you right now that God has for you. It's in you. God's looking for you to hear the word of God and to draw it out. What do you have in your house right now? You may walk in there and say, oh, my gosh, I could make this, this, and that, sell this, and boom, boom, boom. There's all kinds of stuff, junk, we have in our house as Americans, you know? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, one thing, I, I started playing around with crypto, and I had a lot of computers in my house. Well, something I already had. So I started messing with it, putting stuff together, and boom, and started, you know, whatever, making a little bit of money. I was like, oh, cool, sweet. But it's something that I already had in my possession, I'm not, you know, and then I added more on to it, but it's a gifting I already have. What giftings, God's going to use a lot of giftings that are already in your possessions. Everyone's always looking outward. But Mary Fran told me one time, she said, everything you came into earth with, that God, when he thought of you and formed you and sent you to earth, every answer that you'd ever need, because he is the beginning, he is the end, the Alpha, the Omega, he already saw it, put it into you, and shipped you to earth. You have it all in you already. Every need, he already foresaw it, and it's inside of you. You're going to have to draw it out. And sometimes it takes a word. Um, that's why you come to services. It's that, that you're going to take that logos and turn it into a rhema to where you're going to get a revelation of that. Um, let's see, Acts 19, 11 through 12. I started seeing this and going, you know what? I want the demonstrations in my life, and if I want them, I'm going to have to, to start doing them and speaking, speaking them and believing for them. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know when I was going to get to this. Oh, I'll get to that later. I'm not going to jump ahead. Try to be good. Acts 19. So this is Paul, a guy that killed a lot of people, and God did a lot of good things with him, so he could still use you. He at least yet murdered tons of people. No, I'm kidding. <clears throat> Acts 19, um, 11 through 12. God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul. Actually, one translation says unusual, special, or extraordinary miracles by whose hands? Paul's hands. Yeah. Who is, he, who is he going to work unusual miracles by? Your hands. Your hands. Yeah. So who's the demonstrator? Yeah. You're the demonstrator. I'm the demonstrator. Yeah. That's what God, that's why he put this in the Bible. That's why Jesus left. Um, then it says, so that even handkerchiefs, aprons, were brought to him from his body to the sick and disease left him and evil spirits went out. 
That happened to Smith Wigglesworth. You know, you know why I think it did? Because he read that scripture a lot. There was a story about Smith that a woman's son was backslidden, and he, he said, what do you have in your purse? So she pulls out, what do you have? Handkerchief, and he prayed for it. And he said, God, I pray you'd hit him with conviction the second he touches this. So she gets home, and she puts it in his bed, and he had left his wife. As soon as he got home, he lays in the bed and jumps out of the bed, and he repented. I mean, by a handkerchief. Smith Wigglesworth wasn't even there. So what I think is going to have to happen is you have to believe that God will work unusual miracles through your hands. God's going to work through you. Um, when, you know, just the, the lady, and I know this wasn't Jesus touching her, but when she touched Jesus, it says virtue power flowed out of Jesus. I was holding a little boy this weekend who's retarded, and I was talking to my friend about it, and she says, why can't when he, he jumped up in my arms because he swam towards me in the, in the lake? and grabbed me, kind of like the woman with the issue of blood. She went after him. I didn't go for him. He just came after me, touched me. She said, why can't when he touches you power go out and heal him? I said, I've never thought about that. I always thought I had to, hey, let's get up here, we'll lay hands on you in a line, and one, two, three, out you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's traditions we have as Americans. It has to be a certain way. you got to come to my church, or I'm going to lay hands on you out here you know, real quick. I know we're at the gym. You know, don't worry about it. I'm going to lay hands on you. You might fall out. Don't worry about it, you know. But there's all kinds of strange things that happen. Handkerchiefs, just a touching of them. It says ran devils off. So I started, Mary Fran says, look for the spectacular and the supernatural around every corner of life. She said, look for the demonstrations of God. Believe that when you walk into the room, the atmosphere and the atoms change. Why? Because Jesus did that. When Jesus, after he appeared to the 12, I think they were pretty shocked when he showed up. If Jesus were to show up right now in all of his glory, wouldn't you, I think there would be a, a pretty big shocking. Yeah. But he lives in you. It says Christ in you, the hope yeah. of glory, right? Lenny's got a great shirt that talks about that. I am in me. So Jesus lives in you because if he didn't live in you, there's no way you're getting to heaven. You're not getting to heaven by your own work. Yeah. You're, you're, you're dead in sin, so Jesus had to come in. So when you get to heaven, God's going to see Jesus, and that's your ticket in because he... It says you died and were crucified with Christ. So if he's in you, that means that when I walk up in the room, Jesus is coming with me. It says your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. That means that if this right here is a housing, a temple for the Holy Spirit, and it says honor God with your body, that means that when I show up, the Holy Spirit's coming with me. That means that when I show up in a room, the atmosphere is going to change. That when I show up in the room, people are going to get healed. When I show up in the room, people are going to get delivered in Jesus' name. But you have to believe it. If people touch me, they're going to get healed if they have ailments like they did. They, they, even Peter's shadow as he was walking, like my shadow right now, it says that when it walked by, it healed people. Yeah. When is that going to happen? When we start believing it. That just my shadow alone. I'm not touching anything. And so Mary friends says, start believing that these things will start happening. Why is it that it has to be an American way? It's not, that's not in the Bible. This is an Eastern book. Then there was all kind of, if you read this book, there's all kinds of crazy things, but we don't do those here. But I started thinking a little bit different, that I am the demonstrator. When I go to places, Jesus is coming with me. Holy Spirit's coming with me. And there's going to be a demonstration. Why? Because Paul says, I'm tired of showing up and talking to you guys about Jesus. He said, I'm going to show up with some power today. And you're going to see it. I mean, that's Paul. The apostle Paul is saying, I'm coming with power, coming with the big guns. We have to start believing that. And when pastor, pastor has to start believing that. I don't know what he's doing, but he needs to start believing that when he gets up here, there's going to be some power and demonstrations. <laughs> it's a word for you, pastor. Write it down. <laughs> Revelations 4.1. I'm starting to expect it more. You know, I've been doing this. I've been in Christian long enough, tired of seeing nothing. I mean, come on. The Bible says in the last days will be signs in the heavens. Lord, do something. You showed, you showed yourself all through the Old Testament and the New Testament. I want to see you today. Yeah, yeah. And I wake up and I say, that I'm going to see you today. You're demonst- you're, I am the demonstrator. Something, a demonstration is happening. Money's coming to me today in Jesus' name. People are getting saved today in Jesus' name. I don't know. Whatever you're believing God for, start saying it. Why? Elisha said it. Elijah said it. And it didn't happen until a man of God, which is you, starts saying it. That's why you got to start saying some things. That's why if you're always cussing, that's what you're going to get. Dadgum thing, this and that, life's hell, blankety, blank, blank, blank. Well, your words circle around you, and your voice is your address, 
And that's why when you start having bad things happen, well, you better check out what you've been saying. That's why I don't, I don't cuss at all. Because the Bible says death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it are going to eat its fruit. Uh, you, some people got some bad fruit coming. And that's because that's what they've been saying. You know, uh, they curse everything they own, and it always breaks. So when I get in, I bless everything that I own. And I just say it always works in Jesus' name. And my truck has been working, and just to let Dad know, it's not a Toyota, it's a Ford, but it's been great. (laughs) Revelations 4.1. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I heard, was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, come up here. I'll show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven. First thing I want to say is that after these things, I looked. You have to be looking for the supernatural things of God in order to see them. You have to be, I mean, not just looking, but like Dad always says, if you can't see what you can't see, you'll never see it. You see yourself sick and broke. That's why you're broke. Some people see themselves driving a new car. Like Zach, he sees himself driving a lot of cars. And usually, after a while, you start seeing him roll up in them. Why? He saw himself driving that before he saw it. That's because you're you're going off what you're thinking about. Your most dominant thought is where your life goes. But John's saying, after these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open. So after he's looking, he's interpreting what he's seen. You have to be interpreting. You have to be able to see, to understand what God's saying. Door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, so now he's hearing. So not only is he looking um, and he's interpreting what he's seeing, which is a door, then he's hearing into the spirit. And, it's, and he heard, it was like a trumpet saying with me, now I want you to come up here and I'm going to show you. So you have to be looking for these things. You have to be listening for, the, for when God's telling you certain things, right? And then you have to be willing to say, when he says, come up, come up. So there has to be, you have to take time. I'm looking throughout the day for the supernatural of God. I'm looking for the demonstrations of God around every corner. I'm looking for him to sow himself strong through me. I'm not waiting uh, on something to happen. I'm expecting. I'm looking and interpreting the moment like he's saying, you're, you're seeing, now what am I saying? I'm seeing a door. There has to be, when there's an open door, you got to be able to see it. So there's times where, you know, um, you know, there's moments are quick. Like there was a time in the gym today, and I walked out, and this girl, she's like, I swear in the name of Jesus. And I walked by, and I said something about it, but then I thought of something even funnier after. I said, you know, there's a lot of power in that name that you're saying. And I was like, oh, man, that was a perfect moment. And I did, it was like two seconds after I walked by, and I'm like, I'm not going to go back and say it. But I was messing with her because um, she said, I swear on, G- on the name. I said, glory to God, hallelujah, Jesus. You know, and she's like, and then her friend was laughing, and I walked out, and I'm like, ah, oh, perfect opportunity. But I have, you know, I, I want to be more ready. Um, so I want to share some things, some demonstrations, because I not we talked about them. Um, and so now I want to, uh, so I was telling you about my trip and how, you know, there's a, with demonstrations, there's faith and there's power. So I went to Tennessee. I wanted to go to Tennessee, and there was no way I was going to go to Tennessee because I had to pay for all those extra gun parts. So I told the Lord, I said, I told my cousin, I said, maybe a few more paychecks I can come up there. So he's like, oh, this week, that week. And I said, no. I said, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to Tennessee. So then, like not even a day or two later, and I said, Lord, I ask you for the money. And then I say, I command the money to come. Um, because I'm a tither and a sower. And, I, and it says that the angels hearken to the word of God. So I yeah. speak the word. Yeah. I sow bountifully. I reap. I say money come in Jesus' name. Yeah. So then, like, not even a day or two later, Dad walks in. And I told him I was going to Tennessee, but I, didn't, I don't think I really discussed the whole, you know, that I didn't have a lot of money. I just said, you know, I'm going. I'm trying to figure some things out. So Dad walks in and goes, here's $200 cash. He said, somebody gave it to me. And I'm sorry if one of y'all gave it to him, but he gave it to me. (laughs) And he said this to me. He said, "Um, you know, when it's not enough to meet your need or whatever you want, he said, it's a seed. So I I had to realize that, too. Uh, Somebody gave me some money for flying lessons. It was $100. I've been holding on to it. The Lord said, give it. I gave it to the 
the guy, the Chinese missionary. Um, he's not Chinese. He's an American missionary in China. China. I gave it to him, yeah. Andrew Braves. Uh, $100 ain't going to get you nothing in the air. Nowadays, you need a couple hundred dollars to start flying. I said, I need to sew this. This is like when I got home. So I just gave it to him. So dad goes, um, here you go, 200 bucks. I'm like, praise God. Take Jordan's Prius. It gets a million miles to the gallon. <laughs> I think for like, I filled up twice, so it's like 50 bucks to get to Tennessee. E easy. Even with gas going to $3. And it gets a little cheaper when you get up there. Um, so then I said, okay, Lord, that's, um, I can get there. I know I can get there, and I can probably get back on that. Two trips, 50-50 back, I'm, I'm back, you know, because I, I had to pay extra money to get the gun put together. So then the Lord says, you got a bunch of ammo, sell it. So I texted my, my buddy. I said, hey, I got, like, I don't know, 150 rounds or 200 rounds or, I don't know, maybe, yeah, something like that. So he just goes, oh, I'll take it. He goes, don't worry about it. I'm on vacation, but let me just Ven Ven Venmo you some cash. Boom, 150 bucks. Oh, praise God, glory to God. Calling that money in. So now I'm $350. I'm going to Tennessee. I don't have it all figured out, but I have enough to get there and probably back, right? Just, you know, eat some snacks. Well, anyways, I, I, I head up there, and then I'm driving and I'm praying. And the Lord said, you put a lot of time in that gun. Say your cousin's going to give you more than, than what it's cause worth. Because we've spent a whole year with gun, waiting on gun parts, and I, I hooked it up, put all these scopes and all this crazy stuff on it. So I said, in the name of Jesus, he's going to give me more than I asked. Because before, we kind of kind of argued about the price. He's like, no, you said, you know, this is going to be this price. And I was like, well, I put a lot of extra time into it. You know, it's been months. <clears throat> I like a little more, but I'm not going to tell you because we agreed on the price. But then this was like a month or two later. I said, in the name of Jesus, he's going to pay me more. So I get up there, and my cousin hands me more money than I asked. So that covered, and then it was a little bit extra. And I was like, oh, almost had a Holy Ghost fit right in his house. <laughs> I tried to tell him to give me more money, and he didn't. He's like arguing with me. The Lord tells him he just did it. Oh, man, okay. So I, so now I got, man, I'm, I'm like four hundred and twenty-five dollars now, or four, four fifty or seventy-five. I'm like, I'm getting, I'm rolling in the money now coming up here. Praise God. So, but you know, um, paid paid for gas there, and so this that, and driving around, and then um, I'm in the car with a girl named Katie Morgan probably a distant relative, we start talking. There's a lot of Morgans in Tennessee, a lot. I think they invited me to a party, and they said there's over 100 Morgans. And I said, I guess I can come, pick a wife, and Lisa, she don't have to change her last name. No, I'm kidding. Just got to make sure our family tree doesn't, like, link up somewhere. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, but, you know, she wasn't my type, probably because she's a Morgan. But um, so anyways, the Lord said, the Lord said, uh, give her some money. And I'm like, oh, because, you know, she's looking for a job. I said, come on, Lord, I, I got I to get gas. I'm, I, gotta, I'm gonna, I got money to buy food now. The Lord said, give her some money. Okay, so I handed her like 20 bucks. Just said, hey. She's like, well, why are you doing this? Yeah, I see Mark's always handing 20s out. So I said, here's 20 bucks. Go buy yourself some food. She's like, no, 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 don't do that. I said, it's $20. Just take it. I got, you got to break $20 poverty off of you. I got to, you know. <laughs> 20s got to get to a place where they're nothing. And. And, you know, the other day I, I started giving hundreds. Just, I'm like, okay, devil, here's a, give this guy $100 bills. Just break that. Yeah. I don't want hundreds to control me. Yeah. I'm holding on to a $100 bill because there's so much money. No, $100, here you go, you know, whatever. Then <clears throat> calling the money in. Lord, I've been sowing, and I'm glad I was obedient. Get down, me and my friend had a nice meeting. Wasn't expecting anything. We just met for breakfast, talked about some things, some of these things I'm sharing with you now about the demonstrator and revelation because she sat down and she started showing me things. So <clears throat> I said, hey, i got to go to the bathroom. And I paid for breakfast, bought her breakfast. And then um, I said, don't leave. I want to say goodbye. So anyways, walk out to her car to give her a hug. And she hands me $1,100. The check. And then she gave me gas money. I was like, oh, my glory to God. <laughs> so I'm starting to see the demonstrations of who he is yeah. all the time now. And, and a lot of this I'm showing you the money. But there were things that actually happened. But I'm not going to get into all that. So then I said, Lord, I want to miss this hurricane and go to Louisiana. And, and that was the one thing that I prayed. I said, I'd like to go see some friends. And that was when the $1,100 showed up, and I said, I guess I'm going. Then I'm driving down to Atlanta real quick because we're about out of time, and I'm buying these video cards off of a friend of mine, and I don't have $1,500 cash to pay for them all. So I said, in the name of Jesus, I'm not giving him a dime. I'm, he's going to let me take them. 
get there, hang out for the night, eat, cook, have a good time, fellowship. And when I'm leaving the next day, he said, just take the cards. He says, we'll worry about it later. I want to get a bigger card. You can buy it, and then I'll just give you the remainder. So now I'm not having to fork out $1,500 cash, and then I'm heading to Louisiana. And I saw another demonstration of God because I'm praying these things out. I'm confessing these things out. And so that was something just last week where I started seeing, you know, my words and seeing. Um, I'll tell you another one that happened was I was in the gym the other day working out with, um, what's your buddy's name? Big black French guy? Cato. And we're trying to get him to church. And um, he lost his keys in the gym, so he's walking around. And, you know, he keeps telling me, I can't find my keys, can't find my keys, you know, blah, blah. So I just looked at him, and I got the courage because I don't even know him. And I said, well, I'm just going to say you have your keys in Jesus' name. And he goes, I like that. I have my keys in Jesus' name. And he, like, say, he like you know how he is, real loud, walks like, I like that. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Like, walk. I mean, tell you, he beelines it to the right side of the gym and grabs his keys. And he walks out, and he holds his keys up. And he's like this. And he walks out. And I was like, you know, I'm like, that's a, I was, didn't even know it was going to, I mean, I'm, oh, God. You know, but, you know, that's sometimes that's how you are. But you know what? That's his word. And it's not going to be my job to make sure it happens. If he want, this is his book, and I'm going to start saying it. Not saying that I've always had a 100% success rate, but I'm doing a lot better. But I had to start stepping out in faith. And I thought I was going to look real stupid because he's probably going to walk around the gym. But I said, yeah, I'm just going to say it anyways. You know, got to start at some point saying some stuff, even if you look stupid. And he literally, like, walked, beelined it and grabbed his keys. And he'd been looking for, like, 20 minutes. So I started seeing the demonstrations of God through me. So that's what my sermon was, that you are the demonstrator. You're going to have to meditate on these until this gets in you. So that, that my hands work unusual signs and wonders. So I always say that now. I am, say I am, the demonstrator. God works unusual miracles by my hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that you are waiting to use somebody in the earth like you used Peter, James, and John. That's why you trained them to go out and do the work. That's why Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came because that was there, it was there, it was now, Christ was going to be multiplied. And he needed a, a body, Father God, that was ready, able, willing to work. And Father, I thank you we would get a revelation of that. I pray we would say that every day we wake up. I'm a, I am the demonstrator, and, and demonstrations are always happening. I pray that people would get it, Father God, and that they would see it in the word, that we're no longer, like Dad says, trying to get to the hem of Jesus' garment, but we are Jesus' garment. And people are trying to get to us to, to receive from you, Heavenly Father. And then we teach them that they can have the same power. Power, and like Paul says, not with words, but with demonstrations. And I say that we will start having them in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember... Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.